With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. It's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot.com, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. We got a, I think, a, a contentious show coming up this week as uh, myself and our good friends Dave and DP are going to break down the Umbrella Academy. We're going to talk about some massive layoffs that happened at Warner that impacted DC and a little bit of speculation. Well, maybe a lot of speculation as, as we judge Matt Reeves a little bit today. But before we can get on to all of that, as I mentioned, I got some guests, or I got some co-hosts here to bring in. You know them very well as the scientist DPP and the man himself, David Ungard. Gentlemen, welcome back onto the bandwagon for another go around. How we doing? Oh man, it's been uh, it's been a week. I think it's been a week for all of us, really, too. So very uh, much so, very much so. This will be fun. This will be fun. I think it'll give us a chance to let out some steam too, and in, in our opinions on some of these things that we're going to talk about coming up too. I I <laughs> joked before I joked before the show started when it was just when it was just me and DP on Dave that he needed to find the DP needed to find a sound the the ring bell sound for boxing matches as we go into some of these conversations because it feels like feels like there might be some some at odds going on today uh, very excited makes for an exciting show in my opinion if you ask me yeah I, I i would hazard a guess that dp and i will not share your sentiment about the close of umbrella academy season one we'll get into that pretty soon i just got to say between you guys and the guys on pot is war you guys have turned into like my spirit animals because <laughs> it's the only thing keeping me sane are those two shows right now. So, uh, you know, hopefully none of us get misted. Anybody listening so, to Pot is War this week knows what that's all about. But so wait a second, wait a second. So last week it was it was my it was my therapy session. Are you saying that these shows have been like a therapy session for you too, Dave? They're a good release. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, shit, <laughs> work. My work's weird because it's just busier than it's ever been and it's like and you know now right. we're just starting to phase back where the courts are said okay 
<laughs> we're we're not going to open up. Uh, but we got to move these trials forward. So now they're implementing video trials because all of us attorneys are like, I don't want to do a trial by phone. I need to actually look at this person testifying so I can know just how full of shit they are. You can't really do that over the phone. Yeah, you got to get a read on people. You got to get a read on people. And, and that's been a big concern for everybody in my profession. So now they're doing it video conferencing, which, you know, isn't ideal, but it's better. And mm-hmm. and so that that's going to start ramping up. So, yeah, I, it's. Like you guys say, it's been a week. For me, it's just different than, you know, the crazy shit you guys are going through. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, well, and I think I think we can appreciate that. You know, we talked about this last week when I did my little rant. You know, our school, UMass, is opening up this week. Uh, the few students that are moving in start moving in on Wednesday. And so we'll kind of see where we are. But it's 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 very – it's it's interesting because we're really – crazy busy right now to try and get this stuff ready for you know less than 1500 students to come to campus but it's still a lot of a lot of labor a lot of intense labor because this has changed so rapidly like we went from trying to get all the campus ready to feeling like oh now it's not so bad you know we got we're down to these concentrated areas and yet at the same time like last week all of a sudden it's like we still got shit to do like we got to really pump this up and get moving and going and going. And it's like, here we are um, still, still kind of just wrapping up those final little details and yeah, it's unheard of. It's new. Uh, I'm mildly concerned. I keep looking out my window guys. Cause it's raining now and we all know oh, what that boy. means in the, in the basement studio. So I'll keep you updated on that though. At this point, I think we're at, we're at the, what are we going to do? Like, it's gonna if it's gonna happen again, it's gonna happen again. We actually did survive an overnight storm uh, a few days ago. So when I was sick as a dog, I uh, I had to miss the recording of the DeMarco show because I was just violently ill. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my wife was still awake in the middle of the night when I got up because I was still just feeling terrible. And she thought I was getting up to be like basement did it again, uh, but we weathered we weathered the storm. Uh, apparently the flex seal tape and flex seal flex seal spray is holding shit together for a little bit as we so use the duct commercials tape are the commercials worked. are true wow well i don't i don't know this one's looking like a bit more of a steady rain so um, um we'll see what the real test is what's unfortunate is that all the equipment i loaned to help clean my stuff out i had to give back yesterday so of course today it rains well uh, and so today will be the day that i need the working sump pump and i won't have it because I had to give it back. And that's just, you know, that's life, right? Life Pretty much, life. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so could I tell you guys a couple of fun things I discovered this week? Yeah. Uh, Amazon just one of them. Prime. You, can only tell, you can only tell us one. Well, I'm, I'm going to share a couple. So <laughs> I, started, I started listening to a podcast that isn't on the ChairShot family of, uh, of shows. Sorry. <gasps> I know, don't tell me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that I didn't discover this show or find this show earlier, but you all know I'm a big fan of the TV show Scrubs. Like that's like my favorite sitcom of all time. So Zach Braff and Donald Faison back in, I guess, March or early April started a, started a podcast where they are doing an episode episode by episode rewatch of the entire series. And it's called, I got. I got to find the name of the actual show. It's called. Um, let's go to library. 
bear with me. Fake Doctors, Real Friends is the name of this podcast. And it's been pretty cool. The, the podcasts are nice, nice and neat. They go episode by episode. They have guests. They come on the show, whether it be actors from the from the show. They've had some directors and producers. Bill Lawrence, the creator and showrunner, has been on more than once. And if you're a fan of that show, it's it's hilarious. It's great to watch. They are listen to. They have a guest. They they take one fan guest every episode, and they let them ask Donald and and Zach any questions that they want. And I've I've really found it fascinating. You learn a lot of cool stuff. Uh, the other thing that I discovered was today. I was bored looking for something to watch on any of my streaming services and was just flipping around Amazon Prime. And I came across a nifty little show from 1993 starring one Bruce Campbell, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> season, the only season is available to watch streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> And oh my god, a, a lot of people, you, you're oh my godding. That was a cult classic <laughs> TV show, sir, and, <laughs> and was a lot of fun. And, I, and I'm watching, I'm watching the pilot now. And like any other pilot, it's like, whoa, this this show got picked up, but uh, and it was canceled after one season, so it, it didn't really resonate with the fans as much as or or with the masses as much as as much as people would like it to. Wow. But it made me smile, like it made my heart smile watching. The the original pilot for the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Well, it was it was Fox, right? So Fox will take a shot at anything, basically, right. especially at True. that time, and especially back then. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing I remember about that is seeing the commercials during the Simpsons, but I never actually watched the show. So, <laughs> well, and I, I got, got to think, I oh, got boy. nothing. I I got nothing. I don't. You I didn't even know it exists. I mean, it's Bruce Campbell, so it's got to be good, right? Well, I mean, it's Bruce Campbell as a cowboy. Which well, is that's, great, that's but it's fine. and it's it's very much an element of the Wild Wild West sort of esque show. Like it's it is this fun. It takes place in the late nineteen hundreds. It's like or eighteen hundreds. It's like eighteen ninety three, and he is the son of a famous federal marshal, who he's he's sort of a bounty hunter. He's not a he's not a, a law enforcement official in the pilot, and he's trying to bring the gang that killed his father to justice. But throughout the whole thing, there's like science fiction elements to it, a la Wild Wild West, that old show from the 60s or 70s. I can't remember when it played. I think Dave was a child then, so he probably watched it on Saturday night, you know, Saturday mornings. In the but, 60s? Um, yeah, that, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was laughing, though, yesterday when you chastised me in our chat because I forgot Brooks Robinson when I was Frank Rob- on, or Frank, Frank Robinson. Rob- Hey, you forgot Brooks too, but, but the way you framed it. So we're having this conversation about like great baseball players. I'm like, I love baseball players from the sixties. I'd like name off all these people. And then Dave is like all indignant. Like you didn't, you left out Frank Robinson. And I can't remember how you wrote it. I was just like, I mean, yeah, I left him off, but it wasn't like I was willfully, you know, omitting one of the greatest baseball players of all time that that era just had a ton of them. You are a willful child, like The uh, Shining. Oh, yes. Very much so. <laughs> Patrick keeps looking over his shoulder at the rain. I am. I am. I'm about to, I'm about to text the missus to be like, door check. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. but uh, yeah, just there's, there's some good things. The other thing I discovered that I'm going to rewatch 
since I saw that the seasons are available on Amazon Prime, by the way, Alias with Jennifer Garner. Oh, sorry. Not not a big not a big Alias group here. I never watched it, honestly. Oh, uh, I watched some of it. It was it was good, but it just I mean, it wasn't something that like I really got deeply into, but it was you, fine. You know who was a big Alias fan back in the day when it aired? DeMarco. I think actually DeMarco, Greg DeMarco is the one who got me into Alias talking about that show and how great it was. So a couple of couple of gems out there. I was thinking about this someday. If we ever run into like another dearth of new content for television shows to watch, maybe we do a retro review at some point. Take a take a show that we all love from like the 90s or the early 2000s and and pull it back and and do a rewatch, maybe even maybe even not like a whole hog, like start season one and go through everything. Cause that'd be intense. But like, you know, whether it's the X Files, Star Trek, the next generation, I don't even know. I don't even know what it, whatever can we, can we watch like the $6 million man? Would that be acceptable? That, that would be cool. I, I think our audience is a little too young for that show. But it's man. such a great oh, show. <laughs> That's right. I mean, just the intro, you know, man, Steve Austin before Stone Cold, that sort of thing. The real Steve Austin. Right. And barely alive. So anyway, just some food for thought out there. Let's. All right, Dave, let's let's put the gloves on. Let's talk. Strap them up. Let's talk. Umbrella Academy Rapid Review, episode six through ten. Yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you where do you begin? Right. (laughs) episode six was my favorite episode of the show and it didn't become my favorite episode of the show until after you saw episode seven and the results because episode six is the what could have been episode that happens before number five fucks up the timeline and things go wonky because in his effort to try and prevent the apocalypse His actions lead to the apocalypse and also take away some of the best moments for his peers at the Umbrella Academy in a a land of what could have been. And it was just, to me, it was a very beautifully done, it's actually a beautifully done pair of episodes as you see what could have been and then what actually did. And it is the catalyst to getting to Vanya and the dark phoenix redux as dave put it in our chat previous to this and so for me in terms of character development and where we went i loved that uh, those two episodes kind of back to back as it sort of showed you how close they were to a better resolution i'm trying to remember exactly what happened in six and seven so six Uh. was where um and I'm gonna I'm gonna it? mess it's, up names. It's called the day that wasn't right, and then seven right. was the day that was. So right, like like Patrick saying five goes and he cuts this deal with the handler, but it's really all just subterfuge so he can get back to his timeline and sabotage the apocalypse's impending. You know, it's coming uh, by in his mind eliminating the handler and eliminating the people who can stop him from intervening with this inevitability. Well, and stopping uh, and uh, killing Harold the, Jenkins. Uh, Harold Jenkins. Yeah, yep. that's right. where you're going. Right. Okay. And that's and that's yep. the big, the twist is that they think that this guy is the one who brings about the apocalypse. 
which he kind of does, but not in the way that they're probably anticipating. But it's it's one of the and this is where you know we're gonna fight about this in a second. My ultimate problem with the back half of this season is just how tropey and predictable and infuriating I got with characters as the after we got past episode seven to the point where I yelled at the television screen at the opening of episode 10 and then immediately sent the message that was, and I quote, I fucking hate episode, whatever it was. Is it, is it because they basically play dumb? Like they're all basically dumb. They're just, the the decision like that, that they continuously blamed each other or made the just straight up wrong decisions and didn't listen to one another when they've established some of these relationships and bonds are stronger than what they what they were played out to be drove me crazy just drove me crazy and that at, at the end of the day like luther just straight up ignoring allison in everything that she tells him in regard to vanya written or otherwise later on like just that's not what luther would have done like and I, his sense of responsibility. You go through this. I refuse to forgive my father, but now I I believe my father. But I like I get that you might be conflicted or torn up. But at the end of the day, and this was my big problem with Vanya, everything for Vanya, like to take it out on the the children or whatever. I get it. It's a very immature thing to do. You've also been given enough information as Vanya to know that it wasn't the children that were fucking with this stuff. Like it was her dad, and. So to me, it was just patently, to me, the stretch was very annoying. It was very infuriating and it felt dumb. It felt contrived. It felt, as as Dave said, it felt very cliche. And I just wanted to see it. And part of it maybe, as Greg would like to say, it wasn't on my playlist. I just felt cheated. Like I felt so cheated in that finale. And it was not satisfactory to me. It was very disappointing. The only thing that worked for me was the end and the intriguing result of where they are now that they have played the game, that we're again playing the game with time and hopping back. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, I guess the idea is that it was a whole conflictions between family members and things like that. And uh, they weren't really a family. They all had their own agendas. They've been, you know, basically torn apart because of their dad. There was all sorts of, you know, everybody had their own problems with him and, you know, disagreements with everybody else and they couldn't get along. I think that was what they were trying to go for is understanding that nobody gets along with anybody and everything is going to be a fight no matter what, what it is or what it's about. Nobody's going to agree with anybody and they're all going to go their own different ways and want to do different things. And, eventually at the end they get kind of get back together to just try and stop her you know stop Vanya. but you know nobody can agree on anything i think is is kind of the whole backbone of this story is that you know yeah luther you know wants to was supposedly the favorite but yet he's finding random different things like you know all his research that he did on the moon and it was all hidden and underneath the floorboards and didn't do anything with it supposedly um, and then, you know, so he's conflicted as to what to do and who to believe anymore. So, and then Pogo has apparently, you know, 
in Hayahaya to hiding all that he knew everything that was going on too, but never right. said anything. Like Pogo Pogo knows everything. That was and that was the moment when I yelled at the TV, by the way. When like I think I said what the fuck ever when <laughs> Vanya's like, Did you know? I was like, Of course you know he knows. Of course you know he knows because your dad was an asshole. It's dad. When you're fucking killing Pogo because his creation is number two, like I but that's just, cla- that's that's classic television though. You do, you want him to say it. You just want him cliche. to say yes. You just want him to well, say yes. You know yes. he's gonna say yes. <laughs> that's um, all you're just, waiting for. That, that, to me, it just was it was a cheap moment, and one that's just been done. It's been done to death, and I didn't like it. Dave, rebut. Go ahead, rebut. Dan said it all for me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he said he said a lot of it, though. I, I think that part of the part of the, what was going on in, in the last episode is it is a, a a family and name only, a very fractured group of people brought together and called a family that really aren't. And and I thought like the last few episodes were them trying to navigate through their own mistrust of each other. Especially in that last episode where it seems like Luther, who has been called number one, but never actually believed it. And then his lack of belief gets really damaged when he finds out, yeah, dad sent me there for no reason, apparently, to the point that he gets drunk and high at a rave and finally gets laid. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't awkward but, uh, at all. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I can see I can see what you're saying, Patrick. I, I did not. I mean, I liked the last episode. I did see. It is Dark Phoenix. We were just having a debate like my, my wife, my niece, and my nephew were texting back and forth. And he was like, I said, you know, the Dark Phoenix stuff at the end, it, it is what it is. And he said, oh, she's more like Thanos. And I said, how do you figure that? Because she brought a moon down on the planet. And I was like, she didn't bring a moon down on the planet. She yeah, got distracted and blasted through the moon, and then the moon exploded. That's the moon doing that. And, and my wife and my niece are like, yeah, we think she's more Dark Phoenix than Thanos, so there's a win for me. But... Um, and <laughs> a beyond that, in the Ungar household, yeah, rare. I mean, it it is, it is a dark phoenix moment mixed in with uh, like a a. <laughs> I, I hate to say it because Patrick made brought the Rise of Skywalker reference into things. Oh, in the danger! But look, no. but I mean, when her eyes change, it's like okay, this is Anakin going to the fucking dark side, and right. and, and she suddenly looks more like a vampire, and 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 Vanya is the more the most interesting character in that. You know, she goes from thinking she's completely ordinary to Harold slash Leonard teaching her that you're far from ordinary. You've got all this extraordinary stuff that's been suppressed. And then she just and then it, and it is exactly like Dark Phoenix. And if I have a problem with it, it's like you rip that off. And, and I appreciate the fact that they actually did 10 episodes to tell the story, unlike the movies, um, you know, and she can't handle her powers. She doesn't know how to deal with it. It's too much for her. And, you know, she takes it out on everybody around her who she thinks has wronged her right or wrong. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's lots of aspects of 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 the story that I like. I mean, the stuff between Luther and Allison, I enjoy seeing that. You know, uh, I really thought Allison had been killed in episode eight. I was just like, right. I said that felt like a kick in the balls because I didn't really see that coming in that manner. Um, but I, you know, I mean, yeah, I would say that there's there's stuff to be you can definitely poke at it and say, yeah, this is tropey. This is cliche. This is predictable. I get that. Oh, I still I'm left, not poking. I'm punching. I still left episode <laughs> 10 at the end of it feeling 
cool. I, I mean, that was that was pretty interesting. I want to see what happens now. I, I, I think I, if I was unsatisfied, it's just like they left so much unresolved at because well, it's like at the end of episode ten, you're like, okay, now they've got to go and try and fix Vanya, and, and if and they're going to so, prevent and, the apocalypse. And that, that interestingly enough, what happens next? I'm down for. If that makes any sense, I, and that's the thing is, episode ten. For as much as I dislike how we got there, I'm I'm ready to see where we go next because there you talked about it, Dave. There's a lot of threads that are open that day, open left to do. So how do you fix Vanya? Is one you start to see that Klaus has discovered a new dimension to his powers as he seems to be able to make ghosts corporeal in some way to then actually manipulate the environment around them in the form of, was it Ben? Is that his name? It's ben, yeah, yeah. Ben. Ben. And so we're going to get to see, you know, we got to see Ben with the tentacles, you know, hinted at early in the, in this show, but you know, not completely done there. There is the question of Allison's powers because her vocal cords play a role in her ability. Will she ever have that back? Well, she's what, been, put back in time so presumably that hasn't happened well but she's a, no don't do that don't do that we don't it, know what the, uh, we but, don't but, know what state they're in we don't know if they actually became children too even though they showed them as children right right so, so are they going back as kids does that reverse them to where her powers are back does her going back in time in some way shape or form heal or we don't know and, and, and a that's, big question i think is, that's a good question and a big, a, another big question is by going back in time, are they going back in time with the knowledge of what just transpired to go and undo that? Like five, oh, had, so. like five has all the knowledge of everything that happened, you know, when he time jumps. So are they going back in time with the knowledge? Cause that's going to make it, uh, you know, season two interesting as to whether I, they're I all back in time with that knowledge. They, they've well established that that rule is true because five is 58 years old in a, in a preteen's body. So he's he's retained everything he's observed and seen. So unless the rules of time travel are different for the other six or five, six, five, whatever. I don't know what what it'll mean for Ben. Yeah. I mean, is Ben I don't, alive? Well, he's alive somewhere. Yeah. Depends like on, depending on where they land. Depends on where they, they go. In yeah. 1989. Like you land in 1989, he's just being born. So he's around. Yeah. But I think they will know what's. I think they will remember what what they're supposed what they're there to do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know. Hopefully. I mean, if I were to, and I haven't seen any spoilers or anything like that, because five has never done this before. There's always the potential that they get separated. That's always a again. It's a trope and it's a thing that can happen. Uh, do they get separated through time? Do they get separated? In the same time, that could be something that happens. Well, if they all end up together, where do they land? Do they end up in the muck? Like, are they in Vietnam, a la Klaus? Or are they, you know, like, where do they land? Do You know, how does that all work? Because the, the question that's never really been answered to me for number five's power is, does he control how far back and where he goes? Right. And I'll, I haven't seen spoilers or watched anything, but I did read the description for the first episode of season two and it does look like they're all displaced in time and five's got to oh, go hey. and find them there you go i would like it. a bell please can i get a bell <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> i don't i think it could come late too i don't care 
Oh, yeah, I, just, where's, I just where is the uh, the the uh, sound effects DP? Got it. Nice. No, it's fine. We're, Can you not hear we're him? being very. No, I can't. No. Hear him. Oh shit! Well, that could be a problem. I hear him on my side. They're great. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> crystal clear on your end. That's right. For, for uh, what it's worth, Dave, we've had a very civil discourse here today. Well, I, I was going to ask at the beginning of episode ten. The first scene is Reginald with that lady who's dying. And she and he's got the violin. Wife, yeah. I guess I yeah. guess it's his wife. That's his and then wife. He, then yeah. you see all the missiles launching from the, um, like the heartland, basically. So it looks like yeah. nuclear war. Looks like world war, like some kind of world war or something. Uh, you know, we don't know. Here's the thing that's very important about that scene: is it tells you just how important Vanya was to, to the whole deal, and that he really did, on some level, care for her. You know, because you you know, giving her that violin that has meaning. Also, what the fuck did he release to the sky? Did he create the children? Yeah, yeah. What was that that he released to the sky? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it it's uh, whether whether I, you... I mean, I'm just saying. It's like, oh, he he created them with Some his of... fairy dust. Maybe. Maybe I think we'll get maybe might get some of those answers in season two. There's a couple things that I noticed when I rewatched the whole first season, which were kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys noticed this or picked up on it at all, but if you watch uh, between Vanya and Ben, like Vanya, as the series goes on, her colors, their clothing that she wears changes from black to white. Like as yep. she starts to learn her powers. She goes from being just wearing all dark clothing to all of a sudden becoming, you know, lighter clothing. She started going to the blues and then getting to the whites as she starts to really understand her powers, like she's becoming more visible. That's very subtle. Yeah. I, and, I, I mean, I noticed, I mean, obviously the white at the very end, like she's a beacon, but no, I yeah. hadn't really paid attention to the progression. That's a good catch. Yeah. And then same thing with Ben, too, I guess, when as Klaus starts to get his powers a little bit stronger and starts to connect a little more with the with the dead. Ben starts to become more visible. Like he's wearing at the beginning, he's wearing, you know, kind of a hoodie. Yep. You can't really see his face or anything. And again, as like the season goes on to the end, when you can start to really strengthens it, yeah. get him, you can start to see Ben clearer as a ghost, which was, I thought was really interesting. Um, and then, oh, yeah, that's very, that's very, that's very clever. Yeah. Camera. That's good. That's good imagery. Yeah. Uh, and you, good. Like it, it it makes me wonder how deep Klaus's power can go. I mean, can he actually resurrect the dead, you know, at some point in time? Who knows? Maybe, maybe. And then the other, the last one was um, the, the comparisons of number five and Hargreaves and the, and the father. Um, I don't know if this is, has going to have any bearing in the future story, but you watch when, like, when Hazel and Chacha first first show up, and they describe who they're looking for, and they describe it's some, it's an older gentleman who has a limp, and then you start to see Hargreaves whenever you see him walking when they show flashbacks of him or whatever with the cane, he has a limp on his left, I think it's his left foot, um, and then eventually there when number five gets shot, I think I don't know if it's episode the nine, shrap- it's a shrapnel from the, uh, the grenade or something, yeah, yeah, he starts to get a limp in the same leg. That Hargreaves had. Uh, I don't know if you. that's a bearing, but like something, <laughs> you never you wouldn't have noticed. The, the scientists bringing the imagery, the symbolism, yeah. the foreshadowing today, Dave. 
It only took, it only took two watches to get to find all that shit, but you know. He's a scientist <laughs> so, for a reason. Now, are you poker facing us? Have you watched season two? Absolutely, I've watched season two. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I said. Maybe we probably shouldn't watch those it. Answers. <laughs> I do know those answers if they if they do come into play, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I won't I won't spoil anything, so I'll let you I'll let you watch it. I'm gonna rewatch it as well as we go through too. DPP, also known as Red Herring. There you go. <laughs> well, and here's the deal: we're we're of course gonna watch season or episodes one through five even though I won't be here next week to cover it. So you two will, you two will cover well, that I wanted, ground. I wanted to ask you about that. Did you want to split it into three parts? Because, or do what you want get, to split what it gets, half half? What gets us to the boys on time? Well, if we split it in three parts, like if we did four this week, and then we did three, and then three the following week, the last three would be the same week that the boys launches. Like that pod, like the boys would come out Friday, and then we do like the last three of Umbrella Academy season two, that same Sunday. So then we the next week we could do the boys. Cause the and boys that, is going to drop three episodes on its launch before it goes into its weekly drop. Right. Right. And so then we can catch not, up the boys that way. Cause yeah. here's, here's, I'm going to share a story with you. I almost started the show <laughs> laughing about this. I saw a meme floating around. It's a, it was a comic strip and it was like podcasts. Uh, it was like, a, it was like a podcast quick, quick reference guy. It's got all these different ones. And one of them was like two white women solving true crime stories. But then there was an, there was one that was nerds reviewing a show everybody's already watched. And I was like, shit, that's what we're doing. We're, we're a, you know, for the first half of every show. That, I mean, we don't do the whole thing. Like our whole show isn't dedicated. I was like, but man, we're a cliche podcast. Sort of. <laughs> I like ah, to think bull- we're more than that. I call bullshit on that, you know. Right. Just because some jack off out there decides to post some memes about what so, he considers so, to be cliche podcasts. Uh, and I'm sure that freaking. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. done a podcast of his own, but anyway. You're, you're going to call bullshit <laughs> on that, but post bullshit Dave Meltzer stories on the internet? Oh, That's here what we go. Uh, I just posted a fucking thing about what there he said i never said i whether i agreed with it or not i just posted out there today oh you did that you did that clickbait thing where you're like what do you think yeah, i love it i exactly. love it you, it got it it got it got a reaction from so <laughs> so overall your thoughts on season one as we head into season two we got a lot of mystery out there it's for me more about powers and discovery and and i We'll be interested to see where that goes. I will say the thumbnail for season two on Netflix uh, is seven and five or uh, Vanya and five wandering about together doing something. So it'll be interesting to see where that actually fits into the, the show itself in that context. But I will say I, on the whole, I did enjoy the show very much. So I, while I did not, like, like I said, while I did not like how it got there, I am in on where we're going next. And so overall, it is a plus show in my book. Not the, not my favorite one that we reviewed, but it is a plus show in my book. I concur with that. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I, it was, I enjoyed the show very much. I don't think it's my favorite uh, of all of them. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's still the the boys and Mandalorian and, and Witcher for me, you know, maybe possibly in that order, I would say. I mean, I like I like Lock and Key a lot. I like the boys a lot. I, I'm with you, Patrick. I'm all in to see where are we going? How is this going to 
work itself out, you know, is, is, you know, is this apocalypse truly unavoidable? And, you know, every time they fuck with the timeline, it changes how the apocalypse gets there. I don't know. You know, I, but I, 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 like you, I'm all in to see how they, how they work this out. I mean, does Vanya come to the realization that, you know, oh shit, I'm the antichrist. I need to fix that. You know, that sort of thing. Um, it, it, it'll be fun to get there. I, I, I mean, I care about the characters, so that's always good when you're emotionally invested in the, in the characters of a show. So I care about what happens to them and I want to see, I want to see where things go. Sure. I had, uh, I've, yeah. I had I had read the comics uh, before even watching any of the the television shows that they, when before they put them out there I had, so I'd kind of known a good handful of the stuff at least from the comic side of of what was going on and and everything uh, but they only had two of they've only done three volumes of collections of comics and only two of them were out at the time of of season one and um, you know seeing what they did with season one and where they kind of did a grouping of volume one plus a little bit of stuff from volume two um you know was was really intriguing how they kind of put that together and obviously some things didn't were like like carol jenkins and the whole eye thing was not anywhere part of the comics or anything like that and you know at the end of the first volume of comics vanya gets shot in the head by number five to stop the apocalypse and then klaus actually stops with his abilities stops the kind of the piece of the moon from hitting the earth. Um, so it actually in, stops the apocalypse in the comics where it seems that it happens in, you know, in the show. So Damn. definitely some differences um, there. And <laughs> just, just a slight difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like that you're like a little modification, <laughs> little modifications, you know, the apocalypse never happens. Slight difference. <laughs> I got, I got one other question I wanted to ask, and this is less to do about the show itself, but more of an opinion thing. And I am doing this to rile Dave up probably more than, than DP, but there has been some petitions circulating in regards to the handler and folks arguing that the handler character is anti-Semitic because she speaks Yiddish in a couple of episodes as part of her character. I can already see Dave falling back in his seat and shaking his head. And the argument being made is that it is a common, it has been a long common trope of evil Jews and, and that whole sort of rigmarole that led to the rise of Nazi Germany and phobias for centuries. So, I'm asking the question knowing that we are stepping into dangerous territory, but I'll turn it over to the Jewish man first. Jewish lawyer? That's that okay. Well, it's still early <laughs> in the day out here, but that's the dumbest thing I've heard today. It's just like, I mean, come on. You're really reaching and grasping for shit if that's what you're going to complain about that oh, it's it's the evil Jewish bastard, you know? It's like uh because she says a few things in Yiddish, she says a few things in French too. I'm pretty sure. Does uh, is that is sure that problematic is. as well? I, I don't see the French people being up in arms about who gives well, a French shit. People, French people are trash. We all know that. Right? Oh, jeez. Now, now you've just buried the show. Send what your, if, what send your hate tweets to at Wrestling Realist. Yeah, that's at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. 
Greg's going to be like, you know, 20 of your 22 listeners were from France, right? And not right. We, 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 we were big in France until today. That's yeah. right. So I, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's like everything else in the world right now. If you, if you want to make a point about something, or if you want to argue about something, there's more than enough fodder out there for you to have a, a sliver, a tangential thread to grab onto and hope you can unravel that sweater, you know? So, Hey, people want to sign a petition about that. Knock them out. I'm more interested in the petition to get the Big Ten to play football than than some <laughs> idiot out there saying, "Oh, they shouldn't." Fingers use, crossed. Yeah, they shouldn't use Yiddish I, in the I umbrella want the Big cap. Ten to play football. She got shot in the head. She's done. Who cares? <laughs> She's not done. Stop it. <laughs> even even back. I can't buy that bullshit. All right. <laughs> like, know, I'm you sorry. really think she's gonna come back for season two? I'll tell come you. On. I will tell you the part of Umbrella Academy that that I wasn't feeling so much was the hazel and agnes thing i i i I didn't get it oh i thought it was sweet it's sweet but it just it's like because he doesn't want to live the life anymore it's okay he found it out he found a way out convinced (laughs) yeah they got the briefcase at the end they took the handler's briefcase and and you got to wonder, okay, where are Hazel and Agnes now? Watch, Agnes is going to be the badass. She's going to be the, the trigger for the apocalypse in this yeah, no, skewed yeah, timeline. She is set, well, here's the thing. You make that joke. She is the one who has the line, we all have secrets. Yeah. Like, uh, she can control hold the, birds. Hold the sign over the, my head. The Pay birds are the me. secret. Pay attention to me. I've got a secret. Uh, Everybody's got a secret. That's right. We'll, we'll I, find out. I heard a rumor. Oh. Sorry. Uh, no, nope. That power's not in play right now. <laughs> we get no more rumors. Right. Well, but what we are going to do is we're going to talk about the conundrum we have with our nerd poll because our polls are struggling, fellas. We we took one week off of doing a movie vote and like the, the 22, 23 voters we had abandoned us. You know, and I don't know if it was Dave's fault with his like three person poll, but we only had 12 vote this week. Maybe it was six. I don't remember what it was. It was the results were not good, but we ended up in a tie between Superman two or Iron Man in the uh, in the nerd review poll for this week. So yeah, people, not, people not feeling the whole superhero yeah, thing. I, I don't know if people are not feeling the super. And yeah, do we need to go back to comedies? Like, I'll go Bruce Campbell. Like, I I think like I, <laughs> if that's what we need to do, like we can do something. Like I don't know, but like I was actually going to flip back. See just how bad this was. I think it was six voters total, which is uh, which is less than stellar. Yeah, uh, that's, fifty that's... three voted one way, three voted the yeah. other. That's right. Uh, that's that's just sad. Yeah, six votes. Six votes. Whew. One more than the week before. Jesus. Right. I thought for sure having something like Neil before Zod. And, well, I don't know. So I told we'll people to vote for their there. favorite man. That didn't work. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, and the, I mean, the, let's be real. The kick-ass women poll, while, while we liked it and we're, well, at least I liked it. I don't know how you two felt about it. Uh, it also didn't re- yield great results. So we got to, we got to figure out that, uh, that viewership, maybe get, and again, try to get bandwagoners Twitter going a little bit better, but we are currently on pause to determine, and maybe we'll just determine it off air and surprise the fans as to what we do. Because fuck it, if they can't decide, why can't we just make the call? It's our show, right? I'm in. I, like I it. say we have we have PC Tunny break the tie. <laughs> we'll go DC. 
He probably will. I, you know, and and if we were going to do Superman two, the one one guy who did comment about the doing the Richard Donner cut, I would agree with that. That if we did, that's the only that's the only version I have. Okay, I think has a version on HBO Max too. Is it? It might be. Oh. I know that I know that the just or um, Batman versus Superman is the is the extended cut. It's not the okay. theater cut. Well, that's so. an improvement, believe it or not. For what it's worth, I say we go. <laughs> I say we go with new movies and. One that was just on our last poll and go with the old guard. You know, I can do that. Something like that. Shirley you know? Thrawn. I was, I'm down for that. I know that There's was a another big one. one. There's another one that's coming out too, that uh, I'm interested in getting your guys' opinion on with Jamie Foxx that just came out. Uh, and I can't, and the name of it's going to elude me here. Uh, it's a Netflix movie yeah. and it's another project power. Yes. And it, yeah. it's either, dropping now or dropping soon or is or just dropped but it's a it's another one it's it's about a a drug that gives people unpredictable superpowers but only for like a limited period of time yeah. so well there you go that, that, that fits be- in with the superpower that fits in with superheroes you know i like it all right you so know let's it's- do project power on netflix we'll watch it fresh yeah, I think that might might be a good little uh, run to do some like brand new ones that, you know, not instead of going old school, stick with new stuff that's just getting released. Give some Dave, give some fresh reviews. That? I'm sorry, I had to step away for a second, and then the caps lost in overtime. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what, what what were you saying now? I think we're gonna review Project Power. It's a Jamie Foxx movie that just dropped on Netflix. It's about a. Um, cop who's trying to wrangle in a drug that gives people superpowers for five minutes. Okay. So just dropped Sounds on Netflix good. like this past week. Like two days ago. A, <laughs> yeah, two days ago. Nice. So this is a fresh nerd review. There you go. We are jettisoning, jettisoning the old, taking the scientist at, at his suggestion, and we are going with something new. So this week's nerd review poll, look for look forward. It's going to be Project Power. I'm excited. Gives me something to watch tonight before before I call it a day because I think I'm going to crank up the old Netflix and check it out tonight. Sounds fun. Joseph Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt's in it too. I'm a big fan of his. So. Excellent, go. excellent. Good, good, solid cast. All for it. As we look at the future of movies, streaming all the time. Anyway, so this is a movie that's not done yet. This is a movie that I don't even know that there's any real details about the script, but I shared an article with y'all and I figured we'd talk about it. We're going to talk DC because that seems to be what the show is right now. Uh, and I shared this article with you because I wanted to hear Dave's first take on it, but it was, it was about Matt Reeves upcoming Batman movie, which I'm assuming we'll learn more this weekend at DC fandom, but it was an opinion article that was talking about, the number of villains that have been cast for the Batman and whether Matt Reeves is biting off more than he could chew and dooming this movie to failure because of too many bad guys. So for the record, I'm going to try to go through and make sure I've got everybody that's been listed. We've got the Penguin who I think is scheduled to be played by Colin Farrell is that, or for not Colin Farrell, right? Yep. We've got the Catwoman, 
who's going to be played by, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz. Oh, We've got Paul Dano, who's set to play the Riddler. And it seems that they've now announced that John Turturro is going to play Carmine Falcone, the leader of the underground, um, the crime syndicates and the underground of uh, organized crime of uh, Gotham City. So, first of all, all four of these actors that they have cast for these villains are top-notch people to cast in their roles. So casting, I don't think, is going to be the problem here, fellas. But what do you think about the argument that maybe Matt Reeves is biting off more than he can chew? Oh, man. It's, um, I think it's a valid concern. You know, I mean, when, you, sure. when, you're, talk, when you're talking about those kind of villains, I mean, those are all high-powered villains in the Batman universe. And, you know, we've seen more often than not, when you do this big mishmash of villains and, and having too many characters on screen, more often than not, that that doesn't work. I mean, there's a handful of exceptions. The Avengers are are an exception. You know, the some of the stuff in the Dark Knight where they had, you know, the Joker going and, and kind of Harvey Dent's descent into turning into Two-Face. Okay, that worked. But then for every one of those, you've got Spider-Man 3. You've got Batman Forever. You've got Batman and Robin. You've got, you know, Fantastic Four with the Silver Surfer and Galactus, which didn't work. It is way too many people on screen. So it, it is it's a it's a dangerous proposition to be sure. It really like like I think you said it, Patrick, you know, without a script or any sort of context to to look at this, it, you know, it, it's it's speculative at best to say, yeah, this is doomed to failure or or maybe this works. I mean, if they're going to run like an Arkham asylum sort of thing where it's just a united front to try and take out batman and he's just fighting for his life for two and a half hours that might work but you know if they're just going to randomly throw these people together and say okay what's the end game here and and without any sort of cohesive storyline probably going to be a problem like so i get it we don't have the story yet right um but (laughs) is dc going to learn their lesson or not Like this is this has been their problem is dumping everybody at you at one time. Justice League, Uh, you know, Batman versus Superman was you know overrun with too many characters. They tried to throw everybody at you at one time without giving you a background to these people. Like the Avengers, I got the Avengers are was a huge group of people at one time, but they built it up. They had separate movies for all of those people to build it up. Like Christopher Nolan with the Dark Knights got it right, I think. You know, they had basically one main villain with a secondary smaller villain right around there. Like you, like you said, the Joker was was the big villain in the second one, and then Harvey Dent kind of building up to Two Face there towards the end, uh, who didn't really get a huge part of it. And like you know, and then with you know Bane and Falcone was kind of behind this was the second one behind there. You know, when they took down the whole syndicate there, you know, that's about the extent of what they did. And that worked amazingly. And the problem with all these DC movies is that they put too many characters into it at one time and it doesn't work. It's too much. Right. Batman Begins also for for that uh, three villains when you look at it, because the Falcone underworld is part of that movie as well. 
And then you had yeah. um, Dr. Crane as as the Scarecrow. And then, of course, Ra's al Ghul. And the way that he kind of definitely bookended the League of Shadows was, was really well done. I, and that's the thing is I think that we've we've been burned so many times by DC and their inability to put together a consistent narrative where multiple villains works that we that we instantly have a mistrust of it because I I agree I think there's a way where you can have all four of these characters as a part of the movie but if we're expecting all four of these characters to be a primary antagonist of Batman you're going to have a mess and to do a to do a Batman movie and your first movie out be a rogues gallery up against Batman, that's that's the end game. That but up Ching. That's the that's the end of the story. That's not the that's not the beginning of the story. Now, if this is one of those things where some of these villains are tangential and just sort of part of it or introduced in a way like maybe Selena Kyle's in the movie, but she's not the Catwoman necessarily yet. But you know she's going to be Catwoman eventually. Maybe if that's sort of the direction that we go. Which, by the way, I always get confused because I always flip flop Dano and Farrell and their roles. Like to me, Dano looks like the Penguin more than Farrell looks like the Penguin. And yet, I'm just like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm trying to be patient with it. And I'm trying to be the guy that's like, well, let, let's see what Matt Reeves does. Let's see what the script actually does. But if you, yeah, if you got all four of them going after Batman and trying to work together, then it's going to be a hodgepodge. It's going to be a mess and it's going to be gross. And I'm a little nervous about that. And yeah, I just, I just don't trust it. And even in, you know, Marvel movies, they don't, um, a lot of times that secondary character isn't there very long. Like I think Captain America does it pretty well uh, because they had Hydra and Hydra. Like I think of winter soldier in particular, like crossbones is a part of that whole movie, but he's not really crossbones till the end. Like he is in, in sort of that the person's there, but he doesn't become crossbones where I think they really shit the bed is that he got like the shitty, the crappiest death ever in civil war. Like he's in the movie for 10 minutes and then he's blown up by Scarlet witch. And it's just like, okay, you, you paid for this dude to, to kill him like 10 minutes into the movie. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be intrigued to see where it goes to. I have concerns just like the two of you, but um, I'm hopeful that maybe some of it's like Harvey Dent in Tim Burton's Batman, where, you know, there's Billy D Williams and he's Harvey Dent. He's Harvey Dent through two movies with not a, a whisper of two-face coming along yeah and then he <laughs> and then he turns into tommy lee jones weird it's it was like, a miracle it was, it was amazing. amazing that 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 coffee they got thrown at him just really changed him <laughs> we should we should stop we should stop this line of joking <laughs> seems dangerous yeah <laughs> but i mean even those first batman shit that would it's like ghostbusters i have sheet never mind just go on I have seen shit that'll turn you white. Thank you, Patrick. I'm glad there one of us can talk today. Thank you. Well, he's drinking water, oh, not whiskey. You're, you're... Oh, no. I... Oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> vocal, the vocal cords, trying to keep the vocal cords a little better lubricated with some water in, in, in addition to the diuretic. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I, again, I think we're going to learn more at DC Fandome. 
even though Dave seems to wonder if DC fandom is going to happen, but more on that later. Oh no, we did, I, I know it's going to happen, but anyway, <laughs> we did get a snippet of some hopeful Mandalorian rumor. Dave shared this out. This weekend could be big on two fronts. We could get some DC news. We could get some star Wars news. Rumor has it that we could be getting a Mandalorian trailer during the NBA playoffs, either this Saturday, the 22nd, or Sunday the 23rd. I don't really have more to this post other than, fellas, how are we feeling? Uh, you're excited. I mean, it... feel these nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific response, Joe. Uh... I mean, it would, it would make sense for something to happen. I mean, you've got, you're talking, I mean, the rumor is what, like October 22nd or somewhere in there for... Ish, season two yeah. of the Mandalorian. So yeah, I mean, two months out to get some sort of teaser, even a teaser of something for season two. Um, did that, that would make sense. Wouldn't it? It would, it, it would also match. It would match DC or not DC Disney's ML. Uh, and just sort sort of timing and when we would pump something out. So I think, um, I think there might be some legs to that rumor. It's more reliable than the Meltzer rumor. That's for sure. Always more reliable. Well, that's not a tough bar to, to leap, Dave. <laughs> that's right. That's this is like true. three that's... inches off the ground, man. You just step over it. And you, you've leapt the truth, the, the reliability bar that's... of a Dave Meltzer report. It's tripping over an trip, extension trip. cord. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> what do we want to see? I guess that's the other question. If we get a trailer, what do, what do we want to see? Because you know you're not going to see much, right? Yeah. Like we never like Disney is notorious for a 30 second trailer of just flash, flash, flash of another thing, another picture, another picture, another picture. And then the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the more wild rumors that I've heard uh, have, have involved like a potentially somehow getting Boba Fett involved in uh, the Mandalorian door. Shut up. You've heard it too. I'm sure. I, I, why do people like Boba Fett so much? Why? They, they just do, Patrick. We're... He's not he does nothing. He is literally a nothing entity in Star Wars. Wait a second yeah. now. He tracked down yeah. Han Solo. He helped he transport him to Chop of the Hut. He got swallowed by a worm. Maybe not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Swallowed by a worm. Fuck your books. <laughs> I can't argue that. It's canon, Patrick. I think, I, think canon, Patrick. I think he was a terrible character, too. But he was a worthless he's character. Terrible. He didn't do anything, really. He just stands <laughs> around and looks kind of cool. He was just, and people latched onto it. Yeah. This, you got to understand, DP, this is, uh, this is a reflection of a Twitter discussion. Because yeah. I'm still trying. DeMarco doesn't believe it's happening, but I'm re-watching the movies. And I just re-watched The, uh, the Force Awakens, right? And I'm sitting there watching it, and I just tweeted out how much of a wasted opportunity was Captain Phasma in that which, movie. Which I agreed with you 1,000%. And somebody replied that they wanted her to be this movie's Boba Fett, to which I responded, and Boba Fett, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it, other than he kind of, like, he looks kind of cool. Like, he just walks around, he... He, can't, he 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 doesn't even actually capture Han Solo. 
Like, that's the funny thing. He doesn't do it. Vader does all the work. All that Boba Fett does is say, hey, I found Han Solo, and the Empire and Darth Vader catch him. And then Boba Fett gets the frozen remains and drives up. He's a bottom-feeding, half-ass bounty hunter that people were like, well, he's got a rocket on his back. He must be a badass. Never fired the rocket either. He did Have once. But it sounds like you're equating him to Jar Jar Binks with that description. And no, he's... no, 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 no. He's he's way he, he's he's. I don't. I mean, he, here's the thing: is he's not important to the show. Like he's really not. He's not important to the to the canon. Could have been anybody. Uh, I mean, he yeah, he's not, he's not he's out there. His ship looks like a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <It's like> a <laughs> Slave one looks like a shoe. Blasphemy, but uh, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a shoe. Uh, so season Send your two. Hate tweets <laughs> at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Man, you are just racking up the hate oh, tweets. First, baby. the entire they, country of France is going to fucking un. Or they're going to. Patrick will be blocked by the country of France. That you're going to be the first <laughs> person to be blocked by an entire country. Actually, Dave, given our current state in the world, the entire United States is basically blocked by the world right now. That's I don't true. know if you paid attention. Uh, here's, here, here's the thing is, you know, I think that the name of this week's episode is going to be Boba Fett's a fraud. That I think that's that's it. Like Boba Fett's a fraud. <laughs> You're definitely trying love, to alienate Dave, our fan base. <laughs> Dave's like holding his face. He's like, why is he doing this to me? Oh, I love it. Oh, can you come up with something more diplomatic than that? I mean, that that's a little bit harsh. Boba Fett's a complete fraud. <laughs> DP, save me here, please. I know you don't like him, but you know, overrated. Do you just Boba Fett's overrated? That might work. I'm just looking for a release date for season two of Mandalorian. I think I think we said like there. October 22nd is the rumored date. Well, if this if this trailer comes through, I think you get your wish. I, I really do. I think this trailer uh, will come through. It'll be 30 seconds long and it'll have a flash of a release date and it'll be late October, early November, which is perfect for us because we will be wrapping up the boys and we can start talking about the Mandalorian. There. I got you off. Uh, uh, Happy uh, Dave. There you go. DP got us <laughs> back it. on track, Dave. <laughs> so it. on that note, how don't we take a little break? Let's, let's just calm down a little bit. <laughs> Wrestle with the fact that Boba Fett's overrated, and we will move into some more doom and gloom as we talk about what happened this week from Warner Brothers. You've been li- you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. On the back end, some more news out of Warner Brothers in DC. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com
Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So, I'm just hopping over here to Bandwagon Nerds, uh, the Twitter, the Twitter feed uh, at Bandwagon Nerds, and I'm looking through our, I'm looking through our feed, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna retweet real quick this little post from DC Comics. That says six days has a beautiful picture of cyborg with a six behind him. It says DC Fandome, 82220, 24 hours away. And the reason I'm re- uh, I'm retweeting that as we talk here on Sunday, uh, even though this show will air on tomorrow, Monday, so not too far off, it's because we had an article um, float around a news report. I shared this with everybody. Uh, of uh, some really bad news that that happened as Warner Brothers, as a result of this big merger between AT&T and Time Warner, led to significant layoffs. A third of DC Comics editorial staff were part of Monday's roughly 600 layoffs at Warner Media, including editors such as Brian Cunningham, Mark Doyle, Andy Corey, the latter of which formed a major part of DC's complete rebranding and organization of its comics output in the establishment of a black label line a few years ago. This is, I I guess, first of all, it's just bad for for the people that lost their jobs. And there's just nothing... There's just nothing more you can really say about it. That that in, in itself is bad uh, and is going to be really, I think, pretty devastating for the comics. Uh, but it wasn't just DC Comics. There was some of the wider DC Entertainment umbrella that was heavily hit by the layoffs. DC Collectibles, so a lot of the merchandising arm, and a vast majority of the staff working on the DC Universe streaming platform was also left go which I think just kind of is another nail in the coffin for this all going to HBO max. Yeah. I, I, so react. Yeah. yeah. Reactions. First of all. Yeah. My heart goes out to everybody that's losing their job there because it just it absolutely sucks. And especially with everything else going on in the world, you know, that this happens too. And now you lose your job because of this and, that's horrible for everybody and I, I don't want to see anybody ever lose their jobs. Um, but I, I definitely can understand, you know, the, the whole media shift because of, you know, with their, with them going to HBO max and it seems like everything DC is going there that, you know, that section of the company gets hit hard because you don't need everybody who is trying to do the DC streaming service anymore because it's on HBO max and, you know, that one, that one sucks, and I think we kind of could have seen that coming either way, in a sense. Um, I, I, man, just because of the whole the merger and everything, you know, I feel like we're not going to see anything too dramatically change, in my opinion, 
over over the course right. of this stuff and I know comics maybe hurt a little bit but I think they're going to be okay. I think everything comic wise that people are writing comics and I don't think that's really going to be hurtful. I honestly I I'm interested to see if they try and make any kind of direction changes with the merger going through and you know, a different group of people at the forefront of everything. Cause it sounds like the VPs and, you know, everybody in the upper management was let go too. So is that going to change any courses with the comics or with movies or with anything else, you know, in, in the, in the whole DC universe, is anything else going to change? That's kind of what I'm interested to see what they do. Right. I think one of the, one of the ones that I, and Dave, I, I hate to warn you, there's one of the, one of the cuts that did happen that at least I, I think I remember reading it, maybe not in this article that I shared with you all, but one of the biggest proponents of Zack Snyder's recut of justice league was one of the people who is no longer with the company too. Does that mean anything for Zack Snyder's recut? I doubt it with the amount of hype that's been going on behind it, but it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's mildly concerning. Hey, what do you got? The whole thing's concerning. I, I mean, I understand there's a business need that they had to make these cuts. Um, I question the timing. Seriously question the oh, timing as to why this had to be done right now. Because you're literally a week away from this mega event that you've pimped up and gotten everybody excited about. Now, you know, you've lost a third of roughly your people. And so everything you're going to put down at fandom, you know, you got all these all these, you know, you're going to have some trailers, you're going to have speculation as to upcoming projects. Why should I believe for a second that not that a third of those projects aren't going to get shafted as well when you've scuttled a third of your staff? I, I mean, I, I, I really, from my standpoint, I get there's a business need to do it. I don't get why you couldn't have waited till after fandom was done. Let people be excited. Now you've really, me personally, yeah, I'm still going to tune in, but I'm nowhere near as excited as I was a year, uh, a week ago, because it's like a year ago, that feels like a year ago, that too, uh, because it's like, it's like, what, why should I believe anything that these guys are capable of? They can't keep, you know, they can't keep their ship together. They can't keep things in order. They're, they're having to get rid of a third of their staff because of, you know, cuts and just the problems that they're having. So for me, it's, it's a problem that, that I understand that there's a reason they had to do it, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with DP that the comics division will probably be okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, a, and a lot of this stuff is because of their the end of the DC streaming service, and they're going to do fine on HBO Max, and and yeah, I agree with you that okay, they may have lost some internal supporters for the Snyder Cut, but the hype train on that thing is going full bore. And there's like something that pops up on my feed every day where they're basically saying, you know, just the fucking scene with Diana and Dark Side alone was better than the the. What are they calling it? The Justice League now. I've heard that right. phrase thrown around for the first time. Yeah, I, I love I love this hype train because it's going to crater the terrible Zack Snyder recut. But um, I'm sorry. No, I don't believe that. Maybe I believe that. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Here's, here's the thing for me that I, I find worrisome is that the the fandom thing's going to go off without a hitch and people are going to get really excited about it because the primary focus that people are going to take home from fandom is going to be the movie side of it which was the side that wasn't really hit all that hard 
We're going to get shiny new Wonder Woman 1984 news. We're going to get Black Adam news. We're going to get Shazam news. We're going to get Aquaman 2 news. We're going to get the Batman news. We're going to get Zack Snyder Justice League news. The The television branch is going to be exciting too. Because even though the shift is going away from DC Universe, that was long predicted. We've been talking about it on this show forever. So it's not like it's a surprise. And so the hype train around those shows is also going to get ramped up. Where I don't think you can believe anything, Dave, and this is where I agree with you, is in the comic books division. Because that was the the department that got gutted, is comic books and collectibles. So how do you answer those questions? And, and they're not going to. So people hoping for anything other than positive rainbows and lollipops out of DC fandom, you're barking up the incorrect tree because those people aren't going to answer those questions. The future of, of the comics division is where I, I'm intrigued because what is the direction they're going, going to go, especially since part of what they cut was some of the more adult material, the, the darker, more mature label. Like it says it straight out in the article. It's like that, that justice league dark label like of, of just the, the more grown-up stuff, that's the that's the division that got lost. Are we yeah, rebuilding but, it? Are we just going family-friendly? What were, are we doing? They were going to phase that out gradually anyway. There had been a lot of talk about that for the last year, that that black label was getting phased out. So that wasn't particularly surprising to me. It was disappointing for a lot of the fans, like, like myself, who had read that and said, yeah, but I like that edgier stuff that's kind of like the... Uh, more of like the Dark Horse comics, sort of that vein of uh, yeah. uh, of comic, that sort of thing. Um, I'm wondering, though, like with the losses that Disney's sustaining right now, does Marvel Comics take a, a similar hit right now? I mean, if they're looking at it, they're saying, hey, look, let's cut the comics division because that's a place we can make some cuts and the people who are there can still pump out content because anybody, we've all read comics for most of our lives. We know that those people are horribly overworked. By and large. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so I'm wondering if Disney makes the same sort of decision with Marvel Comics at, at some point, saying, look, we got to make cuts somewhere. This is the easiest, you know, the, the least painful way that we can do it. Well, that's, I guess that's the thing is you're talking about financial cuts versus cuts as a result of a merger. Like, that's the thing that makes this so gross. And you, you both kind of alluded to it is that this wasn't, these weren't cuts that were made because. DC needed to save money necessarily in the way that we would traditionally believe it to save money. This, these were decisions that were made because Warner took over a company and is now eliminating what they perceive to be redundancies. And this is going to sound really silly and trite and I'm sorry, but there's a Michael J. Fox movie from the eighties called um, the secret of my success it's all about corporate takeovers and mergers. And there's a couple of different scenes that immediately pop into mind. The one is when Michael J. Fox's character shows up for the very first day at his big corporate job and everybody's packing their offices. And he comes in and he's like, hey, my name's, you know, Brantley Foster. It's my first day on the job. And the guy's like, hi, kid. Nice to meet you. You're fired. And he's like, what? What happened? Corporate takeover. 90% of existing staff got liquidated. You are part of that 90%. And he goes off to look look for a job. And then later at the end of the movie, as part of this climax, there's all these guys sitting in a boardroom. And 
they're talking about the jobs that are going to happen are going to be cut as a result of this takeover. And they're like, what's going to happen? He's like, well, most of them are going to have to go. And that's the reality of what happened here is that this is the result of a merger that as we look at entertainment and we haven't talked about this in a long time, but this is really where I want us to go with this conversation. We're looking at more, we're looking at entertainment monopolies coming back and we've got two Goliaths right now. It's looking like we've got Disney on one side We've got Time Warner on the other. And they are both turning into monolithic entities where that is starting to be where your entertainment comes from. We joked about it, and it sounds so doom and gloom, but we, I joked about this at the dinner table with the little O'Dowd as we were like, well, son, Disney kind of owns everything. But damn, I had a great time with their theme park. Like, that's that's what's happening, though. Is Time Warner is taking one side of the pie. Warner, uh, I'm sorry, and Disney has the other, and it's not even going to be really a battle between two. It's like those are your options, and that's I, to me that's bad. I think it's only going to get worse, and this year especially is where it's really going to take the hit because all these companies can't afford to continue on or to you know stand on their own anymore because of the yeah hits shit's going to get absorbed. And they're just going to keep buying up everything they can. That's that's a big, it's a big problem. I, I'm not a fan of the monopolies. I, I, I like the you know the ability for, for a better sake of word, mom and pop shops or you know smaller entities to have an opportunity to do different things. And and I think that's where a lot of creativity comes in. I think that's a big issue with a lot of places is that they you'll just get content because well I they're the only I'm the only place to go. So uh you know. We don't really care anymore about our content because you're going to watch it because that's the only option you have. And that's not good business, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add to that. I mean, you know, anytime you're talking about a, a constriction of competition, that's um, that's bad for business. Uh, look at the WWE. There's, there's our, you know, ref, wrestling reference. Oh, you already made one today. But I was like, we, we, I've ran down Dave Meltzer for like that's half right. the show. But, but WWE is a good example of, of the dangers of, you know, mon- monopolistic sort of situations. And, uh, you know, you, you're looking at the same, same kind of a conundrum coming up here where, yeah, I mean, if entertainment's going to be funneled into, okay, you got Disney on one side, Time Warner on the other, you know, um, that, that really limits a lot of the avenues for some of these people to get their product out there i mean there's a lot of good independent films that are out there we've all seen some of them and, and that those avenues for distribution start getting narrower and narrower well than, right uh, and one know. of the things that like if you you know where they cut all these different people and you cut out certain parts of a business that thrive on being able to do that part of the business and you have some people take it over you, you know you just basically throw it in their lap Hey, you're doing comics now. And it's like, what? Like, that's not what I do. I don't know how to handle this. And that's where it starts to fall right. apart because you don't have the right people I don't people even doing know how it. to draw. I don't right. know how to draw. Right. I've never read a comic book in my life. <laughs> you're but now our, you're our anchor enjoy. now. Get your ass out there. Do it. Right. <laughs> right. Bring, bring back the resurrect Stanley. Resurrect please, Jack Kirby. Can we get Let's just get one back. guy back? Can we, John can we, Romita. Can we trade for Stan back, please? I got a few suggestions of people to get rid of anyway <laughs> oh david we're not we're not talking about your hit list today. Oh, we're, not, baby. we're not going there yeah yeah and you got be, your own kill bill list over there. To see, <laughs> right my yeah. death list 
And, and here's the and the funny thing is, is we're sitting there, we're bemoaning. By the way, we're we're bemoaning this like monolithic entertainment stream source, and all three of us pay into both of them, right? Yeah, but, and, but, and we've but, got, but really, what choice do we have, right? I mean, if you want to watch the stuff that we are most interested in, right? So they've just I, got us by the short hairs, Patrick. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, and I think it's interesting because there are. Like, I wonder what's going to happen to other streaming services as this goes on. Like, Netflix right now is able to stand on its own. Does that continue? Hulu is already a part of a Disney Plus package, right? Like, I went, I was about, honest to God, I just caught myself. Because I was about to be like, well, Hulu's fine. No, Hulu's part of, you, you buy a part of Disney Plus, and that's a Hulu package along with ESPN. Because Disney owns that as well. So, Disney owns your sports, can own your TV shows. Netflix is really standing on its own. Amazon, because Jeffrey Bezos is worth a bajillion, bajillion, bajillion dollars, it's going to be fine. But we're, we're, we're looking at three. We got the big three. And yeah. I just wonder when other entities are going to get folded into that. Like, I question how much longer NBC and CBS can be their own thing. Are they their own thing? Like, I don't, I don't even know. But yeah, ABC is owned by Disney, so you can't say ABC. Fox, it's like Fox is on Disney Plus. What the fuck? Like, and and Disney Plus is talking about releasing a second streaming service for their more adult Fox content. Yes. So, like, I feel like yeah. I'm just walking in a circle here. I was like, well, we've got the no, back. we don't. Yeah. No, this all sucks. God, tell me something happy. Give me a good. Give me something good, fellas. This isn't. This is making me sad. Yeah, I'm beating myself up here. I got tell me about, DP. That, you tell got me about that video game documentary you shared with us, DP. Well, what, what was that all I'll about? I'll tell you, how about Marvel, Marvel's Avengers game is coming out. They had a nice beta this uh, weekend. You know, that was that's fun. That's right, we did. Got to play that. That was kind of fun. That was they still fun. kind of look weird. The they look a little weird. Oh, they look good. They look good. Yeah. I thought, I mean, the Hulk looks a little, Hulk looked a little weird, right, DP? But, uh, yeah. yeah. But it's, it just kind of looked funky to me. I don't know. It's interesting. What what platform are you playing it on, DP? I played it on the PC. Um, so I had it pre-ordered, okay. and so the, it came out. Uh, if you had it pre-ordered for the PC, you could play the beta. I know on PS4 it was free to play no right. matter what. Um, right. So I've been. And that's yeah. what we were doing. Yeah. It's weird. Like on the on the PS4, depending on what character you are, the light on the PS4 controller will light a different color. So if like you're Black Widow, it'll be lit red, and if you're Hulk, it's green. And I was like, damn, this thing is just charged. Why am I getting a red light on here? <laughs> but that's why. I'll freak, I'll freak uh, out. It's adorable it, that you two have time to play video games. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did know. look. Um, it looks like a pretty interesting game, though. I mean, we'll see what the finished yeah. product is like. I'm going to start to write them off as a business expense now. I think it's hey, there, there's one other thing we need. So. One thing we want we wanted to talk about that wasn't on the rundown that we were kind of mulling okay, over in the chat. Release date for New Mutants. Oh, that's Fin- true. We have finally. One. We do have one. <laughs> do we? Maybe uh, ale- allegedly it's August twenty eighth. Maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Between I'm still that... shocked that it's going to actually be released to theaters. If it's going to be, if this happens, but, this is amazing. Between that and Bill and Ted coming out on the same, that's a big. That's a big. Yeah, yeah that that'll give us something to talk about. I mean, two movies to potentially watch. Yeah, plus... we we could have, we could have a show of nothing but movie reviews. Uh, coming up, which would be the very, first very time exciting. in six months, you know, that'd be nice. 
Right. I mean, we're, I mean, look at this. We're going to review, uh, we're going to review a new movie for the nerd review. We're going to maybe talk about a couple of movies that are actually coming out. Hopefully they'll be affordable. Um, yeah. Did we get a uh, price point? Did we get a price point on Bill and Ted's for this, I don't know. For I the video? I, you know, let's, let's you just, know? let's just see. So, we'll, we'll do this. I'm going to check the old Amazon account. Oh, that's all. That's always a, that's always a possibility. We'll whip that up here. Bill and Ted face the music. It is not listed as something I can check out yet. Hmm. So they haven't put it in Amazon. That's what Google's for, right? Yeah, I'm looking. I don't see a price point yet. It's definitely doing both. Like It's definitely streaming and theaters. Yep. Yeah, at the same time. um, is New Mutants doing the same thing? Streaming and theaters? New Mutants is not doing the same thing. I have not seen that it's going to going to streaming immediately. It's just theaters. Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. But uh after this massive delay, it's like you've got this perfect vehicle to get this out. People are starved for uh new movies. Nope. Theaters only. I love that they want to force me to sign up for their mailing list right away. I will say Bill and Ted face the we uh, face. The music did get us a new Weezer song. That's always excitable oh. or exciting. That is exciting. <laughs> but yeah, there, there are good things on the horizon. I know. I know. Um, I hope that it will continue to track in a positive direction. It'll be interesting to see where all this news comes out. You know, short, short, long topic today, guys. I guess that's that's kind of where we are at the end of this. Um, we'll keep the faith, and you know, the fans have been due a shorter show. They are, <laughs> they are. I mean, all six of them. It's true. All six of them. <laughs> now oh, that we've cut France out, now, now that we've we cut, cut France, France out of the equation. equation. Yeah. Both our viewers must that's be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Very true. Okay. Well, I opened the show today. Uh, talking about a podcast I checked out that was not one of, you know, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. I don't know if you guys have this, but my question for this week was, what are podcasts that you listen to that don't have anything to do with the ChairShot.com? Do you have any? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think, I, I mean, I like, uh, like in our wheelhouse, the nerd-based stuff, like Comic Geek Speak, that's one yep. I like. Uh, for like board games, the dice tower is a big one for me. The secret cabal, things like that. Um, you know, I like those. I I like the, uh, paranormal podcast. I listen to that as well as uh, stuff, uh, stuff they don't want you to know. That's a fun one. Um, I listen to, um, well, you formerly the Nerdist podcast. ID it's now ID 10 T with Chris Hardwick. Um, he usually has some good guests on there kind of all over the place carry was on there recently and he'll have some random just random different people on there and they it's just just them shooting the shit you know it's not you know usually if there's someone trying to sell something a new movie that's coming out or whatever um and then there's uh you made it weird with pete holmes and he's it's kind of the same thing he has just random people on there like he had actually had adam sandler on there recently and that was pretty cool oh cool um those are kind of the two. If you uh, if you like an old school one, it's not around anymore, but you can still listen to the old ones. If you ever listen to the ten minute podcast, um, it is fantastic. It's with Will Sasso, 
And huh. it's basically him just doing his Stone Cold impression and Hulk Hogan impressions and uh, talking <laughs> wrestling. It's a lot of wrestling talk. Um, uh, but it's, I don't remember how many episodes there were, but it's its not on anymore, but you can go back and listen to them. And literally they're, for the most part, they're 10 minutes long. It's a 10 minute long podcast. And it's them just Interesting. random goofy not shit that they talk about. Yeah. And it's just, it's hilarious. Uh, Tommy Blacha, who I think was a, he was a former writer for mm-hmm. WWE and things like that. He's on there too. And it's just, yeah, it's just them goofing, shooting the shit for 10 minutes basically at a time. And there's some hilarious episodes on there of, of them just doing that shit. So go back and listen to that. If you got 10 minutes, pick a couple of them at random. They're hilarious. Very cool. Very cool. Can I, have I ever shared with you two that I have an intense dislike for Chris Hardwick? No. No, I've not heard that before. So let me share why I dislike Chris Hardwick. Uh, I dislike Chris, and it's probably not, it's not even fair to dislike the guy. Um, So I want to put that out there that, um, you know, sexual, sexual harassment accusations, notwithstanding. Uh, And he's a bowler too. Like, cause his dad was like, was like a world-class bowler. But um, I don't like Chris Hardwick because of the talking dead. Okay. So, and here's why I dislike him because of the talking dead. It's because every episode of the talking dead opens with Chris Hardwick talking to the audience as if they are the most emotionally immature, stunted individuals on the planet. And so whatever happens, it's like, we need to take a moment and collect our feelings about what we just saw. This was a devastating life-changing thing that and i know part of it's just the shtick to get you to watch talking dead but it was all it's always like you are so emotionally invested into the walking dead that you just can't possibly handle starting the show without taking a break everybody just needs a moment to be calm what a devastating loss to the team and we have them here now dp the scientist is with us to talk about it but oh my gosh, we're just all devastated right now. Just a heart-wrenching episode of The Walking Dead. No, Chris. No, it wasn't. It was an episode of Walking Dead. We've grown to expect after 50 million seasons, people gonna die. We're okay. Talk about the show. He's gotta sell it, man. He's gotta sell it. No. Don't you think that not... you think that's him or that's the people? In charge, telling him to do that. He writes the damn show. Does he? Anyway, well, he hosts it. I don't know if he writes it. I just, I just, and they, and he's, he gets to do the post. He he did the post show for a couple of other walking, like the Walking Dead spinoffs and all this. I just hate. I I think I hate it because it's that attitude about kind of the nerd culture in general. Is that we're all a bunch of emotionally stunted human beings that can't handle anything, as if other human beings. He's don't. right about that part, but, but anyway. But they're not on. because human beings are connected. To everything. Like, like, yeah, we have connections to characters, and we get sad or we get emotional over things. Like, I have been very open that the ending to Endgame, when when Cap yells "Avengers Assemble," I am like, ah, oh, it's so great. But I don't need a support group to get me through it. I don't need I don't need a discussion point to get me through it. And it's not like you don't see like. Go watch people after a fucking episode of Grey's Anatomy or, oh gosh, This Is Us. Like those people, just like anybody else in their reactions to anything. 
Like this is just people now. That's just, why why we got to be the why we got to be the ones that don't are emotionally immature. Good, right. And you could do that for any show. If any show had right. an after had an after show where they talked about it, it'd be the same thing. It just so happens so that much it was to the go Walking through. Dead. We have we have to process everything that we just saw in Walking Dead. We got it. We're going to talk through it. We're going to get you through this. Right. It's a therapy session. Stupid. Love it. Anyway, that's enough uh, therapy. <laughs> one of my favorites with with I you know I'm I'm a fan of Chris Hardwick and watched him on At Midnight when he hosted that and I thought it was a fun little goofy show. Right. And there was one we actually went and saw him when he came to Milwaukee for a, doing one of his stand up tours. Um, so we went and saw him and actually had like front row of the balcony seats. And he does a lot of interactions with the crowd and stuff like that. And there was there was one episode of At Midnight. Where him and Dan Harmon was on there, um, the guy who uh, created the community, and I think he co-writes for Rick and Morty or something. He's done a bunch of different shows, and they were going back and forth on one of this one of these jokes of um, basically how is your dick like a clown, and we're like <laughs> going back and forth about random things of uh, you know jokes about it, and so he was asking the audience of different things, and so I screamed out, "How is your dick like a clown?" in the middle of this comedies you know stand-up that he was doing and he just he heard it just put his head down he was like fucking dan Harmon," <laughs> and i was like yeah all right <laughs> felt good look at you look at you all right well yeah. guys i think that's gonna do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and where else they can listen to you kick us off this week mr scientist if you please well, you can kind of find me all over the chairshot.com these days, um, especially on the entertainment section. We got a winner Ooh. is you still going strong. Episode eight, we're going to do our first top 10 coming for episode 10. So we're still trying you to better sign. give us props for I you know, like, 100% have given this to the four. bandwagon nerds no. for all of our top 10s. And, and, and you better show... give yourself like four hours too. Yeah. Is your show seven hours long yeah. for that one? No, I'm. I, here's the thing, DP. You run a much tighter ship than I do uh, on the podcast. Kudos to you. I, I'm more of a rambling, move about, go with the flow sort of host. You do a much better job yeah. than I do, sir. That's, We've noticed. I, anyway, oh, <laughs> oh. <something's> fired. <laughs> so yeah, find that. You like Warner Brothers cut the writers' division, right? DC. Yeah, we can cut a third of this show right off, right off the top, right? <laughs> uh, free on my Sunday. Follow follow Winners You on Twitter and Facebook at A Winner Is You. And also the DWI podcast. Uh, follow that at Podcast DWI and Facebook.com slash DWI podcast. And go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash A Chair Shot to get your A Winner Is You t-shirt, which I'm wearing right now, or the Bandwagon Nerds t-shirt that's out there as well. Very nice. You guys realize, speaking of episodes, I know... Winners, he's coming up on tenth episode. This is our fortieth episode, guys. Ooh, hey. ten what, away what, from fifty. What what anniversary is that? Is that like um? It's not like paper. Uh, Opal, irrelevant, irrelevant. First, yeah. probably. When we get to fifty-two, though, that's a that's the one-year anniversary of the show, and so I do think we gotta start putting our minds to what we want to do for for the one-year Annie break quarantine i don't know something like that yes we'll break we'll we'll all go to a different part of our town since we can't get to each other as we are in three distinct parts of the country (laughs) we'll all meet and we'll meet we'll go and meet at a holiday inn in lincoln nebraska and that'll be close enough 
Oh, God. Fuck Nebraska. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Patrick's pissed off France and Nebraska in the same show. Scott Frott. I mean, I'm, it's more about the university of and their petulant whining over threatening to leave the Big Ten oh. when the Big Ten called off things. I was like, whatever, guys. Stop it. Uh, well, as far as checking me out, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And for the two or three or ten of you listening who aren't from France, make sure you follow us at Bandwagon Nerds. Let's not forget that. I, you know, I've been doing pretty good about pimping the, the at Bandwagon Nerds lately, so thank you. You can never hear it too many times. You cannot, because right. we need the followers, for God's sakes. And vote in the polls when we put them up. Because of you all not voting, we had to pick our own movie for a change. Jeez. Anyway, I had to think. You can follow. Ugh. I know, right? Independent thought. So Damn it. That's what Twitter's for. One of us. One of <laughs> us. Anyway, you can follow me at Wrestling Realist on the Twitter. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can hear me every Monday here on Bandwagon Nerds. You can also hear me every Tuesday on the Greg or every Wednesday on the Greg DeMarco show where I talk wrestling with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you everyone for listening. Now climb yourselves out of the basement, get some sun unless you're in California because it's 9000 degrees. Stay away. And Watch some streaming shows on one of the two monolithic entertainment systems. And don't forget, Boba Fett's overrated. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.